Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special, and welcome to episode two of the series for Grand Nationals album Twice on Sunday. But each episode is a standalone breakdown of a song from the album. So if you missed any episode and you're just tuning into this one, that's fine too. You can go back, you can stay here. It's all good. On this episode, I spoke with Monty Draper, Mo Green, Dee Bledsoe, and Kevin Allen about track number two, Upper Room. It's Monty Draper. I'm a Special Delivery Podcast representing Grand Nationals. What if I didn't have a fear of addiction? Wasn't just like my father or worried about image. These scars never form no humble opinions. On my Rick and Morty, she's stuck in suspension. Back when we pretended to really be in love. Codependent as fuck and confuse that shit for trust. Struggle rap poster boy, I'm never giving up. In the Delta 88, I had my first pistol tucked. In a small college town, walked the stage shipping drugs. Confused black boy, could really use a hug. And service in the main sanctuary. Mobbing through valleys, our ancestors to bury. And timelines too, you know the devil is petty. My granny saying prayers she knew couldn't protect me. Never hit a city, my nigga couldn't connect me. What did you expect? Look who you left to direct me. That opening line, absolutely my favorite. Like on the Grand National Instagram, they're like, what's your favorite line? And I had to type that out. I'm like, I hope I got it right. But You nailed it too, by the way. Yeah, the, Shout out the homie from Bar for Bar. He did his best without the lyrics. The yes. lyrics weren't on Genius yet, and he was doing his best. Uh, but you and people have been quoting the lines and like getting it confused, but you got it perfect though. Thank you. He had to do all his research without genius. I had to do all my research without genius. So I'm like, uh, this is the line question mark. So yeah, we're, we're doing our best today. <laughs> but that line, what if I didn't have the fear of addiction? Wasn't just like my father worried about image. Hmm. And then even the verse continues and yeah. it's just crazy. What was that like for you? Was it something that kind of flowed out of you or was difficult to say? What does that look like? Nah, that shit got established early. Just a couple of nights, KFDB, myself, we have like Domino Night where we just talk about everything. You know, it just came like this. Uh, you listen to the podcast, so like the Battered Men's Corner, like a continued extension of that. But like wanting to dead all that, the stuff that comes with rap, like the false bravado and the stuff that we normally don't talk about. It's like, how do we make those kind of conversations cool? The vulnerability. Personally, I just finished a book, uh, Leadership Through Vulnerability. So it's like talking about that shit. And in, in the process of talking about it, you realize people are going through it. So induces is open about it. He'll, he just lost his father. And, and so we'd have a lot of dialogue about that around that time. But that line in particular, I don't know. We were standing outside and I looked to DB and Kev just because of what they've been through. They've been through the politics of Bay Area music. And they were literally telling stories about some of the most many shit in life. And then it was like, oh, this song is right in itself. So I just went I just went in there and that's what came out, honestly. It felt right. I think we had the hook first. And then in alignment with the hook, it was like, well, what if, you know, what if these things didn't exist? I'm trying to humanize a real specific experience, right? So instead of having to have it wrapped up into like lights, camera, action, drama, effects, and all like, like all kind of crazy Hollywood dramatizations, like, it's like, nah, this is just regular everyday shit. Insecurities and, and these these roadblocks people deal with. Wasn't my life till it was my life. I'm saying what if? We just wanted to live forever. Love was harder than this. Jesus couldn't be king, man. The guys don't repent. 
You said the hook was already written. What was it like writing that hook? What did that look like? Literally, Kev said it wasn't my life, and then DB was like, "Till it was my life," and I was like, "Oh, that's the hook. I'm going in there right now." Like that's exactly how that happened. And they kept talking, and then they came back in the room. And was like, "What?" It was like y'all wrote it. I got this. I'm just gonna say it. You get in the habit. At least I do. And then that's the other thing too. Like them being cool enough to allow me because I, I stopped writing a, a little bit ago and I, I don't have any desire to do it. It's a better process, it's a better transaction for me. But also, it's any given time, it's eight to 10 people in the room, so you don't wanna slow up the process. And so I was like, yo, y'all cool? And they like, bro, do your thing. Like, they're just hella accommodated in that way. Sometimes you catch it, but sometimes it don't work. I had to get a few verses chopped just because they was trash, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's all right, it's cool. <laughs> I'm like, the ones that did make it, though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, I'll, t I'll take the ones that made it, for sure. That's all the matter. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? It's Mo Green. Shout out to Special Delivery Podcast. Shout out to Grand National. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm representing today and forever and always. Yeah, we here, man. What's up? What's happening? Mo Green is back. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, life is just going. 2020 crazy year for everybody else. It's been a pretty cool ass year for me. You know what I'm saying? Shit been kind of cracking. Then we did this awesome ass project. People like, man, where the music at? Where the music at? Where the fucking music at? Well, this is where the music at. You know what I'm saying? Now here, you got to listen to it now because you've been asking for this shit for hella long. So here you go. And this shit is amazing. So good. On a friend level and as somebody who's been a fan of you for so long, you're one of the people I was most excited to be on this project because it is so deserved. People need to hear you. People need to... Honestly, here you go to these places. You do it on your projects, but I think being surrounded like this, I think you are able to say things that you weren't able to say before. And I just think that as a fan of yours, it was just incredible to see you on this project. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's just different, like, working with other people because I've been on record saying I don't work well with others. And not just saying I don't mess with people. It's just, like, I'm so used to recording by myself in my room. Like, I've had my own recording set up since... 05 you know what i'm saying 06 i got it for like christmas and like in senior year or something and so i've been recording myself i mean my homies recording it in our room you know what i'm saying so it was like i got so used to being independent with it working with other people other people in the studio other people just like collaborating it was a thing but it wasn't really a thing for me and so like i said i, I touch on stuff on my own music but like with other people it's like okay it's not just me anymore not to say i haven't been surrounded by people who have wanted to get into that but that's gonna be like a concise effort. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be, we kind of just been homies and we all do our thing and it's all cool. But as far as like, yo, let's just sit down and just make something, a whole different vibe. It's a whole different energy when you got like 10 people in the studio and shit. You know what I'm saying? Everybody trying to fight to get on the, on the song, you know? And there's so much intention in it. You know what I mean? I've, I've listened to different podcasts and interviews that you guys have done. And, and something that really stuck with me was the fact that it was very clear that when you hopped on these songs, you had to say something. You had to come with meaning and you had to really have meaning behind it. And I think for you, that's such a dope environment to be around. A perfect place for you to be. So I just love that. Everything was on accident, but it was on purpose. Because mm -hmm. like this whole thing, like, we did all the songs we didn't have a name for it or nothing like it wasn't like oh we do this grand national project let's bang it out it was like all right we got together did these songs and it's just like what are we gonna call this shit you know what i'm saying so it was really organic but at the same time we know we're no slouches to this shit so it was just like you knew everybody was gonna be dope we got people from all kind of styles and you know backgrounds and different things like that so it just kind of worked out yeah 
I may appear divine. Liquid spirits for a clearer mind. Hands on Taraji, Lupita, Holly, I'm feeling fine. What if life stays shitty? Talking dog shit on your shoe. Bird droppings or ear deep in the mirror dime. What if Lay never died? Best rap I knew. I pray to God, heaven's gates break and they let him through. What if I could never bleed? What if we really got free? What if I really ain't ready? What if Stevie could see? Guess we never believe. All the light from the dark, blind faith from the heart. Harder to shake the remarks. The stakes raising the bar. No erasing the stars. Energy never dies. What if it did? And all this hard work to leave a mark was all really never mind. All for nothing. What if I put myself first, ruffle feathers, it became a roughing. The most dangerous of them, you might hate to love them. Grand. The whole track is about what ifs, but I think for me, your verse was really about finding faith in the what ifs. You and I have had conversations on the podcast about survivor's remorse and, yeah. and just what losing people means to you and, and how you use that energy. What was it like writing that verse on Upper Room? Yeah, because I was like, what if they never die, best rapper I knew? I pray to God have his gates break and they let him through. I knew Lay's dad before I knew Lay. Uh, he coached my eighth grade, like, hoop team, all-star team or whatever, right? He coached that team. It was a trip, like, so as I'm getting older, start rapping and things like that. People know him for rapping, you know what I'm saying? So he got kicked out of Vallejo High for some shit. Then he got kicked out of, like, Bethel for some shit. He, just, he was wilding out. So he was homeschooled, but he was signed to D-Shot's label at the time, right? So he was like, oh, shit. Lay sign, you know what I'm saying? So we're in a parallel to that. I'm starting my journey on that level and we need a studio time. So it's like, all right, we're gonna keep paying due over here 30 an hour or Lay got access to D Shot Studio and he is his side hustle money is giving studio time. So he got studio for you know fifteen dollars an hour. So I'm like, cool. We start working with Lay. And one of my best friends was like his best friend since birth. You know what I'm saying? So they, they linked us in. Then, you know, he heard me and what I was doing. He goes, you kind of dope. You should come together with me on this shit I'm trying to start. We ended up running together for some years, man. Just recording every day in the lab. Just kind of honing my shit. That's how I even learned how to record myself was from him. You know what I'm saying? 18 years old, he gets shot, killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, down the street from my house. I'm outside just kicking it. I'm like, damn, what the hell the helicopter out here for? I get the call, they got shot. I'm like, man, all right, he be all right. Because at the time, we kind of went our own separate ways on some young, stupid shit. Then I got the second call. Like, when you get a second call, you know that shit bad. So I got the call, went to the hospital, and seen him. It's like, seen his mom, his dad, his baby mom, all this shit. It's just like, fuck. Like, we 18, 19 years old. And like, my bro, you had so much potential. You was the dopest dude. Like, there's songs of him. We like 17 years old. And back when, like, Turf Talk was like the most cracking dude in the V, they going bar for bar. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro. Yo, and I listen to it now, and it's not like one of the things where it's like in the moment, where it's like, oh, that shit was tight then. That shit is still tight now. Like, that motherfucker was way better than me. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, damn, bro, you was ahead of your time, but you just got caught up on some other shit. Motherfuckers just got stolen from us, it seemed like. So when we started touching on stuff in that song, I just felt like kind of had to keep shouting them out every now and then just kind of keep it going, because it's like, motherfuckers going to forget you if nobody keeping your name lit. You know what I'm saying? So I always try to throw them in there every now and then every time I get a chance to. At the time of recording shit, it was a hell of shit going on. Like, I'm trying to get a house. I'm about to get married. My aunt's dying from cancer. My cousin just got sick. All this is happening at the time, you know what I'm saying? I was trying to plan a funeral and go to the, to the lab and shit. So it's like, hell of shit was going on around this time. So it just make this project hella special because it's like motherfuckers went through hella shit. And to find out later we was all individually going through hella shit, it's like this shit was like meant to be. You know what I'm saying? You can't call it. You know, some stuff is just supposed to happen. Yeah, I think there's definitely an element of 
grieving in real time on this project and and i think that with your bars you're a little more open about it but you can feel it on other people's and i i think that you being able to express that like i can't even imagine how helpful that was in the process because like you said there was so much going on for yeah you. it's like it's like a lot going on and, and like you got to kind of get that out and i guess as artists that's our way of getting it out you know we used that to get it out so why not just put it in a song but my, like i said my shit is always kind of introspective so it's like a little easier for me to just touch on that you know so i got some homies that do music it's like they ain't talking about none of that shit, nigga. Fuck all that shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Where the hoes at, but You know what I'm saying? So it was like, hey, man, to each his own. But I just got to... That's why I want to get heard. I told you I started rapping because I just want somebody to hear my shit. So I'm going to say what I got to say. I'm going to say what I want you to hear. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no shame in my shit, man. It is what it is. Beautiful. This is D Bledsoe with Special Delivery. And Spesh, this is Grand National. What if struggle defined the mission? We too busy stressing to listen. Follow behind the blind and miss the whole vision. Something always missing, or maybe we got it all. Thought is merely decision. God's gift is intuition. Preview to see us through to the next episode. Should've never had the keys to the Lex to hold. My homies homeless and homeowners. There has to be a meaning. I mean, consider the organ donors miraculous. What if I never needed to ask again? What if you needed me to need you so that we both could win? Hypothetical rhetoric, do a doozy on you. What if this was just the first stop? Wonder if I find Pac, ghetto had me going crazy. Where the hell was my pops? Who would all these kids be if I wasn't on my watch? What if we could translate tone behind text? I'm stuck obsessing on what I'ma find next. I feel like it's really taking a peek into your obsessive mind. Like you talk about obsessiveness and stuff like that. Yeah. What is it like to write a verse like that and and kind of bear your soul in a different way and while asking what if? Again, the the conversation that led to that song, me, Money, and and Kev were just outside and and talking about life and just kind of saying how things are unexpected. You never know where you're going to land. And that's brought me to another place in empathy. Like, I can't really judge anybody as good or bad. They're just in a place and circumstances happen as they may. And then you react how you do. You know, some of us react better. Some of us don't. But again, it's just those what ifs and that conversation about the different turns that we may have taken in life and would have never guessed that we would have ended up there. But for whatever reason, we found ourselves at that destination. So again, just the, the conversation surrounding what ifs and what could be just led to that whole subject matter. Me personally, I do kind of obsess on the what ifs a lot because I'm always reading. I got a book in my hand right now. I don't even know why because I can't read it right now. But um, I'm always reading it. So it's always opening my mind up and, and putting me on a new game and asking new questions about life. Like I just want to know more shit. And so in that verse, that was, I forget how many bars that verse was, but that's a display of my thought process on a daily basis. Like I'm just always like, man, what the fuck? What if this was like that? What if what if the stars was just a, a light bulb? Like, I don't know, something many, but I'm just always questioning the reasoning behind things. And I think an important thing that you touched on is empathy. I think as we grow as humans and and just begin to understand the world a little differently, empathy is such a big part of that. And I think that that shows in your bars too, like being empathetic and not judging it. I think there's empathy with self too, like not being too hard on yourself and yeah. understanding where you were. And I just think that that's such an important part of your process and what you had to say. Oh, for sure. And uh, again, just speaking to that word of empathy, I just feel like it would solve a lot of 
our problems. Like there is no easy answer to anything, but if people just thought about the flip side of the coin a little more, maybe that would help to resolve some shit. I mean, that's at least where I've landed <laughs> for the time being is just trying to think about the person on the other end and, you know, the who, what, when, where's and why's of, you know, why they do what they do, why I do what I do. So just being empathetic makes sense to me. And in my raps, I'm trying to be intentionally empathetic when I deliver these messages. I took a long ass break from making rap music. My hiatus was like five years until Kev hit me and was like, hey, bro, pull up, come listen to some music, listening, turn into me rapping. And now on this side of it, I'm like, I'm almost like 40 songs deep in the past six months now. But I've used like two curse words, which is big for me because if you know my old music, you know, I got to say, God damn it on every song. I got all the obscenities and not that I don't use them in real life. I'm not perfect. I'm not a saint. But just in my music, I want it to be palatable. That word. <laughs> I just want it to be received by everybody. I want everybody to be able to listen to it and be comfortable with it. So now I'm just trying to deliver the message in a more pointed way. I think it's so important to be intentional with things and i think a lot of times when you're making music it just kind of flows and, and you're just going and, and that creates a great body of work but also being intentional i think does make a difference and i think it's cool for you not only to be intentional but speak about how you are being intentional yeah. about it so i think that that's super dope well i appreciate the opportunity to speak about it because typically all you hear is bars from me i don't do a lot of the the explanation but sometimes people do need that people do want to see what the intent is and like I said, in one of those bars on Upper Room, uh, I wish we could translate tone behind text. Like, even thinking about that, like, I have a teenage son who texts me, like, one-word text and, and two-word text. And I'm like, man, I wish he knew how rude this looks. But just thinking about that, like, us as humans, fast-paced world, digital world, we don't even think about how this may be interpreted on the other end. I'm a realtor, so, you know, I have to think about how my message is being delivered if I don't speak it. So... I have a little more training at it, but at the same time, I, like you said, people being intentional with messaging, period, that would probably eliminate a lot of problems, too. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, Kevin Allen, 115th of the Collective Grand National. No cream in my coffee. I don't even need to stir it, yeah, it's perfect. Like these verses I'm pinning, no rehearsal, my vision. Crystal clear 2020, see it from here. These industry niggas weird, I'll be independent for years. It's all about perspective, pecking orders, respecting fear. Reflecting on my yesteryear, waiting for a check to clear. Ghetto boy mind playing tricks on me. Might say a prayer for you, I might got a brick on me. Take it as a lesson when they switch on me. Say she love the way it fits on me. Better go and get your big homie. Never say yourself short, come get a flick on me. From the bottom, smell a stench on me. I need more hours in a day. Cause you never know when they gon' put flowers on your grave. Move the cowards out the way. I'm cut different in the cut if I was missing. Keep your head on swivel, never fall victim. I probably would have been a pimp if I ain't have daughters. Been a multimillionaire if I had planned smarter. I could have did a bunch of time for that pistol charge. Would have really shot that nigga, I was tripping hard. Light a blunt. What if I was never scared? I wonder how high I could climb up. Can you look in the mirror and hold your head high when your time's up? What if those are really bad vibes when I fire up? I feel a spirit sometimes. It could be paranoia. Maybe I should take a break from buying so much marijuana. Maybe I should call my mama. Maybe. 
the beat playing backwards, I thought that it was. And then through the conversations today, people have been able to be like, no, the, the beat is playing backwards. You talk about the decisions that you made with the production and, and just really hearing things. Was that something that you heard or something that somebody else heard and was like, oh, no, run that backwards? I did the verse and didn't really like it at first because I felt like the song was like perfect. So you show up to the studio and everybody's already done or it sounds hella tight. And I'm like, nah, I don't think it need another verse from me on this song. And then it's like, once you get into the groove, then I'm starting to hear, nah, reverse it to change it, to break up the monotony a little bit. You don't want to just keep the same loop going. I don't think it was instruments on it yet. So having a band come back and play over the reverse and still find the key while I was playing backwards and shit, like all that shit was just like, all right, now we kind of moving into the right direction to make it a doper song than what it was that's mind-blowing that's super crazy on that verse kind of alluded to the story that you told on you had me at black the podcast what was it like revisiting that years later two different stories oh really oh okay (laughs) but i understand how that could be two different stories that one was like a more of a personal situation that probably me and deep bledsoe probably take to our grave type situation or like close friends type thing where I just have a fear of playing the the victim in any situation. So, you know, things get out of hand. But then I think luckily I just always had a streak of don't risk everything for your emotions. Even when I lost control, I don't think I was ever out of control to the point of self-destruction. So that little thing was always like, nah, bro, like you don't want to throw it away for this. And then in that one, the song itself is a lot of what ifs, and you kind of turn the what ifs into maybes. Was that something that you kind of thought about in how what ifs become maybes, or is it just something that kind of flowed out? Nah, it just kind of kind of went that way. Just a different perspective on the question, probably. And I don't want to be like, what if <laughs> this happened? And then what? You know, <laughs> it's like, fuck it. It was not only natural for you, but I think it's natural in our lives for what ifs to become maybes. And and that's kind of how decisions and and things happen Mm -hmm. was just like this was a what if, but now it's a maybe. And and being able to to honestly channel it into a place where you kind of have more control. What ifs kind of lack control where maybes you're kind of getting control back and and really, you know, what I mean, even from a victim perspective, you're actually having a part in this process right. instead of just sitting back and letting it's the it happen. tiptoe to the change like mm-hmm. maybe i will instead of like what if i should call my mom's like no maybe i should mm-hmm. maybe subconsciously that is what i did i have no clue yeah thank you for that no thank you goodness <laughs> trying to psychologize me <laughs> no no <laughs> like this is the, the genuine reactions that i get when i listen it's like oh shit that's crazy we, we go through it while you're going through it i'm gonna interview time. you next hey hey <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. And then reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram it's at Special Says as well. The next two episodes in the series will be dropping on August 11th. And as always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.